Hello, fans, and welcome back to Stop the Clock. Um, we are in episode eight, I believe. I think yeah, we're on eight. Nine, I don't know. Eight, whatever. Uh, we have officially reached Championship Sunday. I think. Oh, oh my! Second God. biggest Sunday, the Super Bowl Sunday. Um, what and are you talking about the Pro Bowl? Come on now. Pro Bowl is awful. We know the Pro Bowl is awful. Anyway, continuing with, we have the Championship Sunday. Um, it's going to be hard to top what happened last week. I mean, we had four exceptional games. I mean, from top to bottom, from the Bengals to Tennessee to our Sunday night game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. It's going to be hard to top that. But we do have two great games. We have on the NFC, we have the Bengals heading to Arrowhead and taking on the Chiefs. And then the, on the NFC side, we have a third time, the Rams versus the 49ers. Sam, why don't you kick us off with the AFC? Yeah, I just want to say overall, I mean, the football gods kind of like gave us a little little gift because they kind of gave us a shitty wild card weekend. Like it was just not a lot good games going on in that one. And then they're like, here you go. One of the best divisional weekends in recent memory, for sure. I think all, all of the games ended on the last play, which is incredible. So yeah, let's, let's start in the AFC. That's, that's the first matchup. Uh, I want to talk about the Bengals because all of America right now is putting their hopes and dreams on the shoulders of Joe Burrow because we don't want to see Patrick Mahomes' family in the Super Bowl. Nothing against Patrick Mahomes, to be honest. I just... His family's crazy. His family's... Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. But let's talk about Joey B. I mean, in the divisional game, he didn't throw any touchdowns. He did have one pick, but he did throw for 348 yards, made some key throws. He was able to get them in field goal range at the end. And then Hall of Famer Evan McPherson was able to put it through... Uh, to win the game. Now, I like to, like, obviously, Joe Burrow's that guy. He's proven that. But going into Arrowhead, I'm a little concerned because of the pass rush. The, the reason I picked the Titans, and I said this earlier, to win this game was because of their defensive line and the Bengals just being awful up front. And it, it was there. I mean, they had nine sacks, which is unheard of. But it didn't phase Joe Burrow. I just I don't know how much of that is going to continue because we know Kansas City can rush the passer as well. Yeah, I think you hit it perfectly, especially with the Bengals offensive line. You have a Bengals offensive line that we've known coming into the season was suspect. Like we knew it was coming to suspect. Yeah. We didn't think that the Bengals are going to be this good, so it wouldn't be as costly. But now we sit at the AFC Championship game where it's like, okay, you got guys like Chris Jones. You know, you got guys on that Kansas City front that can rush the passer. You know, you got guys like uh, Melvin Ingram too. And the Bengals just allowed nine sacks. Um, and if the Bengals want any chance in this game, they cannot afford to take nine sacks because unlike Tennessee's offense, the Chiefs offense, any time in the game can score 30 points. Any time in the game, they can score 30 points if they want to. And so I think looking at this, if you're the Bengals, you got you to gotta start off with qu- quick, short, easy passes. You can't expect to go Jamar deep every play because you just won't have time to do that. Yeah, it's, I, it kind of feels like, the Bengals is what the Chiefs were a few years ago. Like, we've seen the evolution of the Chiefs' offense where it's like Patrick Mahomes and MVP season, they were just launching it down the field, down the field, all these big plays. And then that's when their sort of slump happened this year is they kept trying to do that. There were a lot of picks for Mahomes, and they've had to kind of re-evolve. Patrick Mahomes has gotten a lot better at seeing the field. And as teams are making them drive the distance, that's what they're doing, and they're still getting production out of it. Whereas the Bengals, in the phase that they're in right now, it's just deep, 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 deep. And it's... It's worked so far, but we'll see how far it can work. Uh, one, obviously, we don't trust the offensive line. I do trust Joe Burrow. A lot of people are saying, like, oh, it's, you're going to Arrowhead. It's the loudest stadium in the NFL. 
I don't think that phases Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow played at LSU in the SEC. Those are some of the, the like on record players have said the like the SEC environments have been harder to play in than yeah. pretty much all the NFL environments. So I don't think the noise will be that much of an issue for for the Bengals. Um, and then I mean they they play good defense. It's just I don't know. It's, it you you the Chiefs went up against the number one defense in the Bills, which Jude and I were talking was kind of inflated. They played no one good besides the Chiefs in the past, at least for passing defenses wise. Uh, and they got torched in those two games. So it was definitely. Yeah, yeah it, it's such a tricky game to pick because you have two teams that can really go vertical. I mean, I, like you've talked about the Chiefs, you've got guys like Hill and Kelsey. But if you look at the last game that they played when they played in, you know, Paul Brown Stadium, Kelsey and Hill didn't do much. I mean, they had a combined total of nine receptions for 65 yards and touchdown. They, they weren't, you know, active, but yet the Chiefs still put up 31 points. And that, that's what scares me for the Bengals. It's like, man, Kelsey and, you know, um, Kelsey and Hill didn't do anything, but they scored 31 points and it came down to a, a fourth and goal stop. So, yeah, yeah I mean, so. what, I'm, what I'm a bit, what I'm also concerned about, because a lot of people can say like, oh, they, they won their, like their earlier matchup. And it wasn't like a matchup where like, oh, it was week three that they beat them where like the teams are completely different now. They beat them only a month ago. But what I'm concerned about is that they did beat them. I think that's almost a hindrance because now you're going in saying, okay, we, it worked, it worked. Whereas if you're on the losing side, you're like, okay, these are the adjustments that we need to make and we're going to make. And the majority of that offense for the Bengals was through Jamar Chase. He had, what, it was like 11 catches, 200 yards, three touchdowns, yeah, like something like that. A career day in his young, bright NFL career. And a lot of those were really deep plays. He had that one catch and run and one really deep one. You'd best believe they're double covering in this game. So I think Joe Burrow is going to have to rely on some of the more undervalued threats in his Cincinnati offense, say like a Tyler Boyd or a CJ Uzama. Of course, we know what T Higgins can do as well. So I think we get a T Higgins legacy game. I mean, <laughs> if Gabriel Davis can do it, why can't T Higgins do it? Honestly, you know what? Maybe yeah, four touchdowns with T Higgins is the way. Maybe. I mean, they're going to definitely need four touchdowns if they're going to want to beat the Chiefs. God, it's as an NFL fan, we're we're at two spectrums right now just to sort of get away from the seriousness of the game. Everyone wants Joe Burrow to win, but we also wouldn't mind seeing Eli Apple get burnt a couple times or like ran over or something just just because, yeah. but no, I'm I'm you know, my my heart tells me take the Bengals. My mind tells me take the Chiefs. But I'm going with my heart. I think I got to go with the Bengals. I mean, why not have and it's going to pain me because if Joe Burrow wins a Super Bowl before Dak Prescott, that's, that's going to be very painful to watch. And, and it's going to be talked about for the next 15 years because sadly Dak might not win a Super Bowl. But it, 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 it's going to be tough if he wins a Super Bowl, especially yeah, I mean, with he, the offensive line. He might if, he gets, if they get a certain coach that just became available. But we'll talk about that later. Um, but I'm I mean, I, I, you said it spot on. My head says the Bengals – or excuse me, my head says the Chiefs, my heart – wants to pick the Bengals, but I, I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm sorry. It's just, I know they're coming off an emotional win and Joe Burrow's a sneaky good team to play. It's just, I don't think you can overcome nine sacks twice. I'm really con- Jeffrey Simmons last week blew that game up and Chris Jones has been doing it for a lot longer. So I, I think because of that, I think the fact that they weren't able to get their run game going in the first half against Tennessee, it didn't hurt them in that game because Tennessee couldn't put up points, but we know the Chiefs can. So I think that comes back to bite them. So I'm going to take the Chiefs. I just think they're too explosive. I mean, 
in the earlier you mentioned how like Kelsey and Hill didn't do much in the earlier game that they played. The same thing was kind of being said in the Chiefs Bills game way earlier in the season before they played. Kelsey and Hill didn't do much, and we all saw what they did last Sunday. So I'm going to take the Chiefs at this one. They will advance to their third straight Super Bowl. Moving on, we have a third game, like I mentioned, um, of the NFC West between the Rams versus 49ers, which I don't think I would be saying would be our NFC oh. championship game, especially with the way the Rams kind of finished the season and how the 49ers are kind of like, you know, that hot team coming to the playoffs, but you didn't expect them to go beat Dallas and then, you know, and then go beat Green Bay. So, you know, you didn't expect that, but they did it. And um, many are saying maybe the 2007 Giants they're getting from this team. Um, but I think you first have to look is who's going to be in the crowd, right? <laughs> is it going to be another 49ers home game? My prediction is I think it will. I think maybe not as big as it was in the week 18 game, but I think it's going to be, I'd say 65, 45, if the math, yeah. no, 65, 35, um, 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the Rams definitely tried to do some petty things to kind of lessen the fans, but it's just, it's, it's kind of the lay of the market. I mean, the Rams were not there for a long period of time. The Chargers just moved there. So like a lot of the LA fan base, there were some for the Rams. There was a lot of Raiders fans here in LA and the Niners faithful. They travel well, but they also have a huge fan base in Los Angeles. It showed, I think it's going to show again. The tickets are very expensive, but definitely going to be seeing a lot of red in that stadium. But I think, I think the Rams are going to be prepared for it this time. I mean, they definitely were not in week 18, I think they have to come to that realization and hey, the Niners just might have better fans, simple as that. And they're going to travel. And it's, God, it's so hard to beat a team three times. Yeah, I'm going to keep this short. I, I think the Rams, you know, like you said, it. I, I, it's hard to beat a three, team three times in a row. The 49ers obviously swept them in the regular season. Debo's fantastic. George Kittle's fantastic. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the guy. And, and we've looked at him in these past two games where it's been like, Jimmy Garoppolo has done enough. I don't think he does enough in this game to win the football game. And so that's why I think I simply take the Rams. You take the first half of what the Rams did against Tampa Bay and you just have them play the full game like that. I, I think it's going to be a long day. And the same could be said about the game that they played in week 18. Like the Rams were up 17 to three. Yeah. It happened. They played a very good first half. Matt Stafford, I think had one incompletion in that game, but it, it's kind of poetic. It would have to come full circle that the Rams finally have to get over this hump, this seven game or eight, seven or eight game losing streak to the 49ers. Sean McVay has never beaten Kyle Shanahan, which is kind of crazy. Two very good young head coaches. But for me, it, it's going to come down to Matthew Stafford. Simple as that. They went out and traded. They said, um, F them picks, if you will. And they went and got him. And it, it did show while there was uh, some turnover problems, none of them were really Matt Stafford's fault in that um, in the game that allowed Tampa Bay to come back in that. But hey, 36 seconds left on the clock. You're like, hey, let's kneel it out. I'm like, nah, let's let's see what we got. We paid we paid a lot. We played paid good value to go get this. Granted, I don't know what the Bucks were doing, sending a zero blitz. I mean, real men use engage date, but it definitely did not work there because Cooper Cup and Matthew Tafford made him pay. Gave him a field goal. We know how that went. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I don't think Jimmy G does enough in this game. Uh, playoff Vaughn Miller has been activated. He got that, like, he, he, I think he had the highest, I mean, I don't like using PFF that much, but like he had the highest graded pass rush grade in the I playoffs think, so far. Huh? PFF. You know, I think for a certain extent, you can use PFF. 
don't look at the corner PFF. Um, but you know, every other position. I oh, uh, of course. I mean, I'll look at the 1,000 yards, but it, not the point. We're, not, we're talking about playoff teams here. So, so, so who's your pick then? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Rams. I agree. It's very hard to beat a team three times. The way I look at this, it's like the Rams are the Bucks and the 49ers are the Saints. The 49ers have just given the Rams the business in the regular season. It's happened with the Saints the last two years. It's happened with the 49ers the last three. Um, but then come playoff time, Brady got it done. I think Stafford gets it done in this one. Uh, OBJ has been hot. I don't think there's any way to contain Cooper cup as well. I mean, the reason Devonte kind of didn't do much, especially in that second half against green Bay, is it got, it got, it was really cold. The snow started to come down. Uh, you're in a dome in 70 degree weather. So you're going to be just fine throwing the football. Uh, and I'd like to see the Rams get maybe Cam Akers confidence back a little bit. We know they can run it with Michelle, but we also know how special Cam Akers can be. He had those two fumbles, but I'd like to see him maybe, they get down to the goal line, get them in the end zone, get some of that confidence back. But uh, I like the Rams for sure. Yeah, I like the Rams for sure. And to keep us up to date with kind of our picks, I think we tied last week with our picks. So yeah, this is, not this a, is a big week, weekend. Actually. I mean, this is a big weekend. It's definitely going to come down to, once again, one game between the Bengals and Chiefs. Um, for And keep in mind, I want to lose this week because I want <laughs> – I, I don't know. I, I kind of want to see Cincinnati win. Chiefs have been there way too, way too many. Anyway, carrying on, I think we have our picks and we've, we've talked about championship weekend, but now we have a few interesting storylines. And I think, I think we'll start with the coaches and just run through them real quick because I don't think there's too much until they really get their team, they get their draft together and they really get their staff together. But let's start with, I think your very own um, new head coach for the Denver Broncos. Broncos. Why don't you tell us a little bit about him? This is who I wanted straight up. I, it, it came down to, I think it was Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, Dan Quinn, who I'm happy for you guys. He's much better as a coordinator. I've said this before. I think so of you. Great that Dallas retained him. I did not want him as a head coach. And then Kevin O'Connell for the Rams, who I would have been fine with. But I love the pick. I love the pickup, not just because of, of course, everyone's going to say the ties to Aaron Rodgers, which we'll get to for sure. But it's, I like his energy. It's like the complete opposite of Vic Bangio. Denver's also needed to hire an offensive coach forever, pretty much. I mean, after Gary Kubiak resigned because of health issues, they hired Vance Joseph over Kyle Shanahan, which was always questionable. And then they went, went out and got Big Vangio, which just wasn't the right fit. So I think this brings a lot of good energy. I mean, his introductory press conference, he was just, it was contagious. And especially with a young team like this, I think that's definitely going to benefit also getting an offensive mind. And hey, there's a certain quarterback that wears 12 that is in love with this guy and might be looking for a new team. So maybe there's the added benefit of that. Yeah, I think you said it best at the end with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Obviously, he's likely to leave. Um, maybe there's a new spot in Tampa. But um, I, I was just thinking about that. I think, I think obviously the Broncos are probably the top destination if you're Aaron Rodgers. I mean, like you mentioned, they got a very young core. Their receiving core is very good. Now, depending, maybe they might have to give up a young guy like Jerry Judy if they want that to work. Hey, if we give up Jerry Judy, which I don't want to do, it's okay. We'll get the Vaughn. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but like you said, I, I think this signing, you could look at it from saying, oh, they just want to sign him to bring Aaron Rodgers. But this dude's a smart guy. Uh, Green Bay's been always a top offense, you know, since he's been there. So they, they've, they've been productive. He's and so, also... His history is pretty interesting, too. I mean, when Jacksonville went to the AFC Championship game, he was the offensive coordinator there. They had a good offense with a young Leonard Fournette passing resemblance to Javante Williams. And then even back to his collegiate days working at Syracuse. Okay, but we're Ryan, not going to act like that Jaguars team was not. No, of course. <laughs> by the defense. <laughs> but he made Blake Bortles look like a good starting quarterback. And 
No, no, you can't yeah, even I tell mean, me that I Blake mean, Bortles was not a good argue quarterback. That, that year. made him look like a good starting quarterback. I could say he was that year. He was it was his best career year by far. Yeah, but like, was he really that good? I mean, like I said, the, the defense that year for the Jaguars significantly carried. I mean, when he was over at Syracuse coaching the Orange, Ryan Nassib was the quarterback, and he broke like pretty much all the school records that year when he was with them. So it, it's fine. It's that's why well, they got. He won't have to develop a quarterback. Hopefully, maybe he'll have Aaron Rodgers coming. I hope. In. I hope. Um, a few of the other coaching hirings, and we can run through these pretty quick. Obviously, uh, you have the Giants getting Dable, um, mm-hmm. which Brian is big. Dable. I mean, once again, with the Giants now, it's like, you know, they hired Joe Judge two years ago and it's like, okay, interesting hire. What are they going to do? It's another, you know, white coach should be, you know, maybe an African-American. And then this year they had the opportunity to hire Brian Flores. And honestly, I think they should have brought hired Brian Flores. And yes, you could say, you know, they need an offensive mind there, but I just think they need a whole culture change. I think the Giants right now, they are in a complete disaster. It's from top to bottom. It's not even just with the roster. You know, you got issues with what are you going to do with Daniel Jones? What are you going to do with Saquon Barkley? But then when you got front office issues, you got just culture issues. There's not really an identity that you think of when you think of the Giants besides that. I mean, I I, I don't know how to say Yeah. No, I think what was appealing to him was obviously what he was able to do with Josh Allen. Granted, that was with three years with Josh as a rookie quarterback. Daniel Jones has already been through a lot, which might be a benefit to him. And I'm not going to say that he can't do it. And I, I think what also appealed to him was just the way he uses offense. You look at a guy like Isaiah McKenzie, who they love to use with all those gadget plays. Reminds me a lot of Kadarius Tony. I think there could be some fun stuff there for the Giants, but I think you said it perfectly. They need a culture change. I don't know if Ryan Dable brings that. And we all know that Ryan Flores definitely does because of what he was able to do in Miami. Back-to-back 10-win seasons with them. I don't really know why Miami left them. And there was also the added connection that Deshaun Watson is very tight with Ryan Flores and they might want to link up somewhere. Of course, depending on Deshaun Watson's legal stuff, I think it was an okay hire. I just think Brian Flores would have been a better choice. So. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I think you need a whole culture change. And Brian Dable, yeah, he might help the offense average more, maybe three more points. But I, I think we said it best with the culture. I think there's a lot more issues than just the football roster that uh, the Giants have. And, and the last guy I want to talk about, um, Matt Eberflus, I think is how you say his name. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. Uh, obviously, yeah. the Indianapolis defense coordinator going over to the Bears, which people first looked at as like, okay, why are you getting a defensive guy when you just drafted Justin Fields? You don't have a first round pick this year. You need someone who could develop Fields. But I've kind of looked more at this pick and I've said, this is actually more of an interesting, you know, pickup than you might look at from the surface. Obviously, yes, he's a defensive guy. So he's going to know more defensive stuff than how to really develop a young quarterback. But there's still an offense coordinator that he can get. And I think that's kind of the big question is who is he going to hire? Because that's who they need. And I know there's the, the Packers QB and yeah, Luke Jesse, coordinator is who's kind of the top interest. And I think that'd be perfect because you know, th- this whole idea with the bears is like, if the bears want to go anywhere, it has to field has to take this huge step. That is what every bears fan is expecting. They say, okay, for us to be really good fields is going to have to be amazing. And so I think you need a guy who can really develop him. And so I think, yeah, okay, maybe this defensive corner might not be able to do that, but you still have a whole other staff that can do that. And then Matt Eberflus as a defense coordinator has been amazing. I mean, in his past four seasons, yeah. Frankie Reich, their defense in the in three seasons um, have been top 10 in defense. And this year they were ninth in total defense, or I'm sorry, in, in points per game, which was only 21.3. So it's a good pickup. 
But obviously, like I mentioned, the offensive coordinator is probably going to be the most important thing they're going to need. I agree. I thought Luke Getzey was definitely the man for that job. I mean, just all his work with Aaron Rodgers and whatnot. Um, but as you said, yeah, that Indianapolis defense is fun. I, I would like to see what happens really with Roquan Smith because we all know what he was able to do for Darius Leonard and the productive player that he's been. Roquan Smith is a rising star. I definitely would look to see him take a really big jump next year. Uh, but I, I, do, I agree. If this dude can shift the culture, which I think he can in Chicago, I think it's a great hire because you don't always need to go with a defensive coach if you're in need of – or an offensive coach if you're in need of offense. If it's the right guy that's a defensive-minded guy, go for it, whatever. But like you said, you need to get spot on with the right offensive mind. And now speaking of offensive minds – one of the greatest this game has seen has stepped down as the New Orleans well, Saints. Well, let's, um, let's be clear. So we're recording at about 7 o'clock tonight. Um, and a lot has happened this Saturday because it started with the report. I'm talking, talking about Sean Payton. Payton but- oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, carry on. Yeah, Sean Payton. Yeah, oh, is this Sean close Payton. to saying his name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Sean Payton stepped down. I, that's exactly what I was talking about. Saturday was just a, a, a fantastic day for Sean Payton. Of course. Okay. No, I'll just say, yeah, because we were on the topic of coaches. Sean Payton stepped down, um, and now the Saints are a little bit behind on the coaching search. A lot of people think they're going to hire Dennis Allen, their defensive coordinator, who's done a fine job there. I think that's probably the right move is to stay in-house, just because the culture that the Saints have. We're talking a lot about culture and teams. I mean, talk yeah, about I, a team. That's what's important with a, a head Absolutely. coach. Absolutely. I mean, you, you know, and, and I think that's what you look at when you look at a head coach. It's like, that's why when you looked at when I looked at a Kellen Moore it was like I don't know why he's such a top head head coach candidate because well one he can't carry the Cowboys offense for anything so shame on him for that but then the second thing is dude I mean that was his first you know real coaching gig and you don't expect him to come in and change the culture and as a head coach you look at a guy like Dave Campbell in Detroit it's like man you can feel the culture change that has happened in Detroit and so you know here like you mentioned with Sean Payton keep it in house and they're going through a rebuild. If I was a coach, that's not a place I would look at and be like, yeah, I'm, I want to go there. I mean, but at the same time, Ryan Dable went to the Giants. So it's like, what are you going to do? But I think absolutely. I mean, the reason why the Saints, despite maybe not being as good, all, because if you look at their roster this year, they're, it wasn't an outstanding roster. It wasn't great, but they have a good culture. They know how to win in New Orleans. And that's why they're always relevant. And that's why they were relevant pretty much until the last week or last couple of weeks. I mean, they had a shot in the playoffs in week 18, which is all you can really ask for. So, I mean, I like them hiring or they, I mean, no decisions have been made. They're still interviewing out of outside candidates, but Dennis Allen is supposed to be the, uh, the candidate that's supposed to get the job. Yeah. Speaking right. of the NFC South, I'll let you go. All right. All right. To our last topic, because I feel like this is the perfect way to end it and perfect way to close it. And you know, obviously everything is still speculation. So there's nothing, you know, up in the air. And like I mentioned, we're recording later in Saturday night. And Saturday's kind of been a crazy day because it started with the rumors of Tom Brady's leaning towards retirement and then Tom Brady's retiring. And then he's not made a decision. (laughs) He hasn't made a decision yet. Uh, But regardless, I I think it's over. I think Tom Brady is going to retire when it's all said and done. I don't think he will play next season. And mainly, and and, and I think the main reason why is because this Tampa Bay team's not going to get any better, right? I, I don't think this Tampa, t- Tampa Bay team's going to get any better. I know they're very young on defense and they're very good. Chris Godwin, if I'm him, I'm leaving. You know, you, he wants the bag. He wants to go get money. Chicago could be a destination. Um, but 
if Tom Brady, you're not going to play with a better team than you had the past two years. And then also the, I mean, seven Super Bowls, three MVPs, 15 Pro Bowls, three All Pro first teams, five Super Bowl MVPs. I mean, can he do any more? I mean, <laughs> no. I mean, he, he's done it all. But the the other thing is, we all know that he can keep playing. Like yeah. he literally came off of an MVP caliber season this year, so. There's no question as to can he play. It's just like, does he want to play with his family? Obviously, like obviously all those things come into to play. And not only does this mean that Brady's retiring, it also means Gronk is probably done as well. So it, uh, the, it's the end of an era. It's as simple as that. I mean, all those accolades and accomplishments that you just listed, it's just, I mean, it's going to feel seasons. It, it, it's unbelievable for a football player who came into the combine with probably the body shape of, a 10th grade, like you know, boy and yeah. to go and become the greatest quarterback in NFL history. And, you know, you could say the Montana's, but I mean, I, I think Brady was better than Montana. Um, Manning was better than Montana. And, but. I just think it's, it's an unbelievable career. I think, you know, you mentioned that he lost and it, you know, it might be sour for a bit that he lost and went out that way, but you know, that they, they fought to the end, but, and, and I, I think the last thing to finish off Brian left, which will probably leave. Um, if Brian Leftwich gets a job, he's going to leave. And I, I think Brian Leftwich has a good chance of getting a job, whether that be with the Texans, Jaguars, or another team Jag. that's still looking, you know, for mm-hmm. a head coach. So I just think he should retire. I, I think he does. I think he's 44, you know, at this point, hang out with your family. Um, <laughs> there's not much more else to say on this. I know, but part of me, part of me wants him to say, let's run it back one year. Let's tag Godwin. Let's re-sign Leonard Fournette. Like, let's keep the band just together for or one not. more year. For one more year, and Brady will get his farewell tour. But he mentioned how we didn't I want, want his farewell. Why? Well, I don't care what he. I, I think it's I kind of cheesy to have tour. a farewell tour. I mean, if you're Brady, you don't need one. It doesn't really matter. You can. I mean, he's done everything. So, whenever you retire, I mean, Kobe had a farewell tour, and that was special. Well, Kobe was also coming to the end of his career. Tom Brady could be coming to the end of his career in seven years. So yeah. we don't know when that farewell tour would be. If I was him, I'd hang it up and um, I'd, call it, I'd, I'd call it the end to um, probably the greatest single career of any sport, if not top three. I mean. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Well, that'll just about wrap it up. A lot of exciting stuff. I mean, hopefully this championship weekend lives up to what the divisional round was last weekend. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our podcast. Uh, let us know if you have any ideas for future podcasts, any questions you want us to answer, sports box, that football topic. Uh, enjoy the games tomorrow and have a good night.